With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. This is our 61st podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. I am the manager of this wonderful site, BT Powerhouse, run by SB Nation. We have a, a really fun podcast today, uh, sort of out of our normal realm here. And uh, the reason why is because we have a new head coach in the Big Ten for the first time in, I think, three, two and a half, three years or so. Um, you know, Rutgers, they hired a new coach. They, they let go of Eddie Jordan. Um, Steve Peagle is coming in for uh, for the Scarlet Knights. And, and as I mentioned, you know, it, it's the first time we've, we've got to cover a, a head coaching hire in a, in a long time. You know, uh, Tubby Smith got replaced by Patino a couple of years ago. John Gross came in, but aside of that, uh, it's been pretty consistent in the Big Ten, which which isn't a, a massive surprise considering you know when you have guys like Tom Izzo and John Beeline and, and Thad Mata on the sidelines, it's not too surprising that there isn't a lot of turnover. But uh, but nonetheless, we have a new hire, and and to help break down that hire, we're going to be joined here by by Dave White from On the Banks, which is SB Nation's Rutgers site. Um, and it looks like he, he's on here with us. Dave, how's it going? Hey, Tom, how's it, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Excited to, to chat some Rutgers here. It's been a couple of weeks. I know, we might actually we... get to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a new, it's new territory for us. Uh, <laughs> at least since I joined the Big Ten. Um, yeah, first, very true. Yeah, uh, first off, you know, I, I was just talking about the fact that, you know, uh, the Big Ten hasn't had a lot of coaching turnover the last couple of years, which which may be good, may be bad. Um, but this is the first new hire for the conference in, in a while. Um, first, I, I guess just generally speaking, uh, how excited are people uh, to have a new head coach? Uh, I, I, think, um, I think people are very excited uh, now, seeing how uh, Peichel's, you know, starting to play things on his end. Um, I think at first a lot of people were kind of leaning towards wanting to give Eddie – I wasn't, but uh, wanting to give Eddie another year with a healthy roster because he's a Rutgers legend and he's a nice guy. Um, But I think the way it ended up playing out uh, has got people excited. So, um, you know, they flirted with trying to get Danny Hurley, and then Steve Peichel was either their second or third choice. But he seems to be a solid coach, so I think people are really kind of excited that there's there's new life, and it seems like they're they're treating it right. They're not trying to do it on the cheap. Certainly. Um, and before before we kind of here, um, let's let's go in and talk about I guess the elephant in the room. Uh, we talked about it before. Obviously, you know, at least at some point, uh, depending on what what fan you are or what your perspective is. It may have only been for a short time, but there was optimism about Eddie Jordan uh, keeping things going. Um, first off, do you think it was a good move to go away from him? Do you think it was time? Uh, should they given him a little longer? Um, and and frankly, uh, what's sort of your retrospective on that? 
Is there anything that could have changed the results? I, I, what, what are your thoughts on, on Eddie Jordan and Rutgers? Oh. <laughs> um, listen, Eddie, Eddie is a Rutgers legend. He's apparently a really nice guy, but he was not, in retrospect, not the right fit. Um, he's an NBA guy. He was older. He didn't have, you know, the kind of juice that you need at a program like Rutgers that was coming off a big scandal and hasn't been good in forever. Um, the energy he didn't have to try and, you know, jumpstart this program. Um, he did land Corey Sanders and Jonathan Laurent, who were really, uh, who are really good players. And, you know, he got hit by a ton of injuries this year, but his teams never defended. They, they ignored the three-point shot. They either attacked the basket and didn't shoot many threes, and they did not defend the three. Um, and a lot of people were blaming that on injuries this year, but, uh, he hasn't. He didn't defend the three. His teams didn't defend the three in the three years he was at Rutgers. Um, I really thought it was time. Uh, there was there was uh, no hope. The media had given up having his back. Um, we at On the Banks had given up having his back. The you started to see once he got fired. The high school coaches in New Jersey never had his back. There were a lot of. Um, trash talking about how how often he was at the high schools and at the games recruiting um so it was kind of over it was time he did his job which was to be a bridge from mike rice and the mike rice scandal to now and you know there is the program isn't a problem now they're just not good so it was time uh (laughs) they were never going to be good under eddie jordan yeah i i agree um you know the big thing for me is uh, I, I know once it got to late February, early March, you started getting the questions, you know, is he going to be back? Is he not? And for me, I, I just didn't know how you, ju- you know, we're talking about p- the worst power five team, at least in the Ken Palm era, you know, maybe longer. I, you know, a lot of moving parts there, but you know, one of the worst power five teams uh, of all time, and not to belabor this point, but um, I, I just couldn't see how, how do you bring back a coach after that? You know, it was, it was just too low. Um, but, but nonetheless, uh, end of a chapter, move into the new one here. Um, you know, you mentioned Danny Hurley. Uh, you mentioned that this might have not uh, – you know, let, this probably wasn't the program's first choice. I know there's a lot of speculation behind back doors. Uh, first off, um, I think that's a bad sign for the program, um, you know, potentially having to get your backup option, I guess. Um, do you think there's anything to read into that, or is it just, you know, it didn't work out? It's a tough call. I, I think I think it just didn't work out. Um, I have no inside information. I can only go on, you know, what the media really reported. Um, I think from what I heard and what I read, Pat Hobbs, the AD, blew Hurley away with an offer, gave him everything he wanted, showed that Rutgers wasn't going to go on the cheap anymore, and Hurley just had a top 25 team coming back. Um, whether there are other factors, I don't, I don't really know, but, um, I think Hurley, you know, he rebuilt Wagner and then he came over to Rhode Island and he rebuilt them and then he didn't get to reap the rewards of rebuilding them, which he, you know, barring injury or something remarkable, he probably will next year. Uh, so I think they did everything they could for Danny and I think they almost got him, but, um, you know, Peichel, is the second or third choice, whether or not you believe that Mike Lonergan was the second choice that was reported. Um, You know, it's not a bad hire. They weren't going to go out and hire, 
you know, a Power Five or an Archie Miller or somebody who had no connection to the program at a top school. It's just not that kind of job right now. Uh, so they did the best they could. Um, we'll see if it turns out, you know, uh, he's made uh, – we'll see how it goes from there. I would have loved Danny Hurley. He was a home run hire in my eyes. I love the Hurley family, the Hurley story. I know not every Rutgers fan does. But, um, you know, it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess moving on from that, you know, I, I agree. You know, sometimes uh, – plus in retrospect, uh, I, I think we've seen this a lot. You know, I remember this. This is kind of off topic, but um, I growing up in Detroit, living in Detroit, you know, Obviously, I, I follow the Lions. Um, you know, they, a couple of years ago, they wanted, I, I can't remember, oh, Wizenhunt, who eventually got hired by the Titans. And, you know, all the Lions fans were so upset. Oh, man, I can't believe we missed out on him. He ends up just flaming out in Tennessee and was a terrible hire for the Titans. So sometimes the best hire isn't always the best hire uh, in retrospect. But uh, Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I think your your Detroit Lions comparison is actually a good one because if Rutgers basketball can be compared to anything, the Detroit Lions is probably a good comparison. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree after <laughs> suffering through some horrible things. Uh, but moving on, I guess, um, you know, we talked a little, we've beaten around the bush a little bit on this, but um, what, I, in your opinion, do you think this is a good hire? Do you think this is a – and I know it's hard to speculate ahead, but just from a, uh, I guess, branding sense, you know, getting a big name, that kind of thing. Do you think this qualifies at least for where Rutgers is now? For where Rutgers is now, this is the absolute best hire they could have made, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's he's a local-ish guy. He's from the Tri-State area. He was at Stony Brook, which was kind of had like, uh, uh, to rhyme, a storybook kind of season. Um he his best player was a New Jersey player, Jameel Warney, um, and he comes in here. He knows the territory. He comes from a blue blood program at UConn. He brought in George Washington's. Uh, he was an assistant at George Washington and helped bring in their best recruiting class ever. Um, you know, he's he's he is a builder. He he's gone. To, he he liked to say at his uh, press conference that he's gone to teams at their worst and left them at their best. So I think while he's not a big name, he's not, you know, a Patino or, you know, Johnny Dawkins' name was out there and stuff like that, he's a good, solid hire, and I think he knows what it takes to win here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of moving on to this, there, there have been some rumblings, uh, some announcements, some, I guess, false announcements. Uh, there have been a lot of reports, varying reports, about potential assistance. Um, what have you heard? Uh, what do you think's coming, um, and, and what are you looking for in terms of assistance on the staff? Well, I think he made an absolute home run hire today. Um, they confirmed it pretty much about an hour or two ago that uh, he hired uh, Carl Hobbs away from UConn to be his uh, associate head coach. Uh, Hobbs is a guy who was an assistant at UConn in you know the golden era of, of UConn basketball. Uh, he helped develop Ray Allen. He brought in uh, Amika Okafor. And then he was uh, head coach at George Washington. And, you know, he had a very solid time there. And then he went back to UConn and was helping with the guards there. I think um, uh, Hobbs knows how to recruit. I think he's probably the most experienced assistant coach Rutgers has had since Dick Vitale. Um, you know, like, it's it's that kind of stuff. Uh, it's 
I think it's an absolute home run. The other rumored name out there, and I don't know if it's going to happen now, was Brandon Knight from Pittsburgh, who's a New Jersey uh, kid and known as a really good recruiter. Uh, whether or not he'd want to come in and be the second guy, I don't know. Danielle Marshall was was rumored. You know, there's a lot of rumors out there, but I think Carl Hobbs is an absolute home run. Um, it's the exact kind of assistant Rutgers needs, and it'll bring credibility on the recruiting trail. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. You know, we'll have to see how the staff kind of fills out here. Uh, but, yeah, he, I think He Hobbs also brought a- over, I don't know if you heard, he brought over one of his Stony Brook assistants, and it seems like he, the, this assistant will be the third assistant on the uh, staff. So mm-hmm. it looks like there's one more spot to fill. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, getting back to Hobbs, you know, real quick for a second. I, I think that is an outstanding hire. I agree. Um, you know, this guy who, if if he really wanted, he probably could get a head coaching job somewhere. And when you're talking about yeah. a guy who has who has experience in the area, um, you know, UConn is obviously you know a basketball powerhouse. You know, he's coached at George Washington. He's coached at Boston U. Um, to get a guy like that as an assistant. Um, you know, again, not to you know keep ripping on Rutgers here, but you know, at a program that's not in a you know, but a program that's not in a great spot to get an assistant like that, you know, he'd be a great assistant at a lot of big time schools, and and to do it at a program that that's coming off a rough stretch, uh, I I think that says a lot about uh, I guess you know what uh, he's doing in terms of hiring assistants here. Uh, I think yeah, that's I mean, it seems that. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. And the other thing I do have to say, um, Aaron, the other writer at On the Banks, and I are very happy that you'll be actually putting Rutgers back on your power rankings <laughs> this year because um, they can't possibly be as bad as they were. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> if they did get removed for a short period. but um, Yeah, I was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I tweeted at you a couple times when they were last on the list that Rutgers was still too high last season so <laughs> but um, yeah. no I, I think I think this is one of those moves hiring Carl Hobbs is one of those signs to um, AAU teams and uh, high school teams that you know Rutgers the big knock on Rutgers is that all they cared about was football and this is the kind of sign where it says oh wait a second maybe they're doing it for real now mm-hmm. I agree yeah I think um you know, and that was the the next sort of topic I wanted to get in here um, was as far as recruiting, um, local impressions. You know, you talked about how Eddie Jordan didn't necessarily have the greatest reputation um, sort of on the recruiting trail in, in New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. Pigle has, a, he has an outstanding reputation. You know, I, I was looking at some of his stats for Stony Brook. You know, you're talking about a lot of guys out of New Jersey or New York. Um, yeah. Really, he he built his team. He built his program on local kids. Uh, do you think that's something that will transfer to Rutgers? Do you think um, it's a good concept? Uh, I, I guess. How do you think that'll play out? Uh, I, I think he's going to try. Um, he mm-hmm. he already. I mean, he's been on the job. Uh, I think he got hired last two last Tuesday was so like ten days. He's been on the job. He's already landed the top remaining uh, 26 New Jersey kid out of uh, Roselle Catholic, Matt Bullock, who's a kind of a tweener guard. Um, so he's already landed a New Jersey kid, and it's got to be the kind of 
move that's going to make because uh, they were having trouble. The high school coaches were, I think, were having a little trouble finding a spot for this kid. Um, I think it's going to make them happy. Um, you know, so I think he's going to try. Uh, I think he's going to have to the first couple of years, depending on scholarships and stuff, kind of go for some diamonds in the rough and really do a good job identifying and developing talent. Um, he's not going to bring in, in my opinion, a top 10 class, you know, his first season, but I do really think that, um, he's going to recruit locally. I think that's where his ties are. And I think he's going to do everything in his power to, you know, do it with local kids. Uh, I'm sure if he has to go elsewhere, or if there's a kid they really want, you know, either out of new England or DC, or even if they have to go Midwest, I'm sure he'll do it, but I think he's going to stay mainly, um, East Coast and, you know, within maybe a 300-mile radius. But that's just a guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. I we'll mean, Hob- how it plays out, but. Yeah, I think you got to okay. look at who Carl Hobbs was recruiting for, for UConn, and when you look, it was, you know, New England kids, but that's UConn. I'm sure he still has some contacts down here, too, so we'll see. Yeah, certainly. I I agree. You know, I think the focus is going to be locally at, at first, and frankly, I, I that's your best bet, you know, tap into the talent you got there, build, you know, build some pipelines to the school, you know, you're not necessarily going to be loading up on five stars, you know, I know New Jersey has some talent, but it's not a state where, you know, you're going to have 10 five stars or something, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I think you can build a base, I think you can get kids who like the program, they buy in, you know, they're going to play hard, they're going to work hard, they're not going to, you know, just transfer after a semester, um, so I, I think that's a great base, and I think, um, you know, I, I talked about this when he when he first got hired, but, um, you know, if you look at his Stony Brook teams, I know it's hard to compare the Big Ten, uh, you know, to the America East, but um, a lot of his teams were actually better than what Rutgers has been the last five, six years, so, you know, and, well, and my yeah. point, <laughs> well, well, my point here, again, not trying to rip on Rutgers, but my point here is that you know, he did it recruiting locally. So clearly he can build a, a competent team recruiting locally. You know, can he build a, you know, top 10, big 10 championship contending team with just local talent? I don't know. That might be difficult, but can he build a team that's good enough to be an NIT consideration here and there? Uh, I, I definitely think that's possible. And, that, and that's certainly an improvement on where things have been the last couple of years. But I, I guess, what, what are your thoughts? Can How far can that take you? You know, if you're well, just I hitting mean, New Jersey and New York. If, okay. if, even if he's just hitting in New Jersey and New York, he can, you know, if he gets the best talent, uh, he mm-hmm. can win the Big Ten. But he won't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's baby steps. The best talent is still, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is a New Jersey kid. You know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Briscoe, these kids that are going to uh, Kentucky are the kind of kids mm-hmm. Wade Baldwin. You know, are kids that can win you the Big Ten, yes. Um, do I think he'll be landing that talent, you know, tomorrow? No. It, he's going to have to build it where, you know, the goal next year is to go from whatever they were, 290 in Ken Palm to, you know, 120 or 90 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, build that way and get to the NIT uh, in two or three years. That's, that's oh, the, yeah. the process. Um, so can he win the Big Ten? In, in, you know, 10 years, yes. You know, if he, if, if he builds the way he should, um, will it happen tomorrow? No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, was, that was my main point is, you know, uh, you, you get a little carried away, you know, just generally speaking, you get 
sometimes people get a little carried away with the roller coaster where you got to do step one, then step two, step three. But I think where Rutgers is right now, you have to go about it that way. You know, you have to get back to being a competent team. Um, and, you know, it, it's not going to be fun, but, you know, a big thing will be just losing close. You know, Rutgers had a yeah. lot of blowout losses this year. And, you know, just just losing by five or six, you know, getting in games where the last ten minutes is competitive versus, yeah. you know, just kind of phoning it in. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, yeah. Yeah, and I and I think his teams at Stony Brook show that he can build with local talent, can get it to at least that level, um, which is which is reassuring. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I mean, if they can get to to four Big Ten wins next year and uh, and not be blown out as much and defend, you, you're looking at that as a successful year. You know, you want to be over 500 and out of conference, which they actually were not this year. You know, and you want to win some Big Ten games, you know, maybe upset somebody and then win a couple, you know, against your, I don't know, Northwestern or your Nebraska, or, you know, those lower level Minnesota, those lower level teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. So. You know, just being more – I mean, the the only, you know, regular season win they had this year was against the Minnesota team with half the, half the guys suspended. So, you know, just getting more competitive in those games will certainly be a, a big step forward, but – but with that, why don't we jump into uh, this year's team, uh, moving a little forward. You know, I, I know we'll preview later in the summer once things take out here, but, you know, the big question, you know, with a new coach coming in, we got a little bit of a tidbit of info today on this, but Corey um, Sanders, you know, he's clearly the best player on the roster. He's clearly Rutgers' best piece long-term. Um, is Rutgers going to keep him around? It sure seems like that unless he's a uh, number one pick in the NBA draft. He actually <laughs> dropped his name in the, in the NBA draft lotto or whatever it is today without hiring an agent, so he doesn't have yeah. to stay in. Um, assuming that some miracle doesn't happen where he ends up a number one pick, um, he will most likely be back at Rutgers. It's going to be hard to transfer, you know, unless he says tomorrow, oh, never mind, I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's going to be hard to, to transfer in May. You know, there aren't as many options uh, as Jerry Carino said uh, on Twitter today, who's uh, one of the great Rutgers beat writers. Um, so, you know, assuming he keeps his academics in order and he does what he's supposed to do, I think he'll be back for at least one more year. Uh, when he was recruited, when he committed to Eddie, he, he said, you know, he wanted to be two years and then NBA. So we'll see if he can live his dreams. But keeping him next year, I think, under two great point guards and Peichel and Hobbs, who can develop talent, he could have a monster year. Um, mm-hmm. So it all depends. I mean, I'm I'm not willing to say, yes, 100% he'll be back, but I'm not willing to say, you know, it's probably 70-30 he'll be back would be my, my odds making. Yeah. Put your money yeah, down. I, I, I'd agree. You know, I I think he'll be back. And and frankly, you know, I I said it when he got hired and I said, priority one, keep Corey Sanders uh, because he's the, he's the key piece to to the future. But outside of Corey Sanders, um, what do you see as the biggest building blocks on this team? And what, what are the big, you know, we talked about recruiting locally and all that, but what specifically uh, does Rutgers need to do to build this roster? Uh, I was looking at that today. Um, they have some pieces. They have a, uh, a Kansas State transfer who will be eligible next year, Nigel Johnson, who's supposed to be you know, very athletic and can kind of shoot it. And they have Mike Williams at guard. Um, so with Sanders, they have three guards. They have like one wing, 
uh, in Jonathan Laurent. And uh, two centers, both coming off injuries, uh, a power forward in, in Deshaun Freeman, who's coming off an injury, and then DJ Foreman, who's a power forward who, you know, still is kind of raw. So there's a lot of raw talent. These guys were kind of rated high by the recruiting people. Um, three stars or higher, so there's some raw talent there, but there's some holes. He's got Matt Bullock coming in, and I believe four open scholarships, depending on what happens with uh, Jordan's two commitments, um, whether they stick to it or, or, or leave. So I think uh, I think he'll probably try to land. Let's say the verbal commitments don't sign, and, and that's totally up in the air. Um, I think he'll probably try to land two more freshmen, some under-recruited guys, that are out there, and then maybe try to fill out the roster with a couple of 50 or seniors to give himself some 2017 open scholarships. So there's some raw talent. Um, if they buy in and defend, who knows? Uh, are they going to be able to score, you know, 90 points a game? Probably not. But um, maybe if they can win some games 68-64, you know, <laughs> you know, something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, they should be competitive. And that's all you're looking for. Like you said, you don't want to get blown out night in and night out. And, you know, you want to steal a couple. There's talent there that was was rated relatively high by recruiting guys. So they weren't coached well. <laughs> that, that's the thing. They were, they were kind of, like, allowed to do what they wanted, and then the, the injuries hit, and it was just kind of a steamroll of, of historic proportions. So should they be better <laughs> next year? Yes. Is there, some, is there a, a foundation there? Yeah, I think so, uh, if Corey stays. Um, but but Peichel's really got to upgrade the the talent and you know fill in some holes. There's no depth right now, mm-hmm. and that, you know yeah. you know as a, a Michigan guy that that's going to kill you in the in the Big Ten. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, but let, let let's be let's move on. From, let's be real positive here uh, for oh for a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know we've been down a little bit, so let let's be real positive. Let let's take first off Corey Sanders stays. Um, okay. There aren't any, aren't, isn't any massive attrition or anything like that. The guys buy in, they develop, uh, they defend. Um, how long of a rebuild is this? And, and when I say rebuild, I mean competitive uh, in the Big Ten, at, at least the top half Big Ten team. Top half Big Ten team? Probably. Perfect scenario. Perfect scenario. Perfect. <laughs> oh, absolutely perfect. Nothing goes wrong scenario. <laughs> Three to four years. Um, likely scenario five to six, um, Rutgers luck seven to eight. <laughs> um, you're probably looking at, you want to be, uh, an, an IT team in year three. So I think that's where you look at like a bubble team in year three. And that all depends on recruiting and, and, you know, who knows, maybe you get a best case scenario. Corey Sanders stays till he's a senior. Um, then that's year three, you know? So, uh, that's that's what your goal is, best case scenario, and I think that leads to probably 20 wins and you know on the bubble and an NIT appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's best case. That's right. like the basketball gods have blessed the rack. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes. know that that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so. so let for let's spend a second on the other side uh, of things. Uh, I don't want to be too down. Like I said, I want to keep things positive here. But, um, you know, real quick, let's say things don't prove. Let's say, you know, Corey Sanders goes pro or he transfers or, or whatever it may be. Um, the roster doesn't develop that much. 
uh, Pico has a tough time, you know, kind of getting the the quality talent uh, Rutgers is looking for to compete in the Big Ten. Um, how long do you think he has? Uh, I hate to say that so soon, but um, <laughs> in, in a in a worst case scenario like that, um, how I guess my thing is how much has this administration bought in bought in him? You know, is this a situation where they're willing to take the lumps? I guess, or or are they going to have a, a short leash? All right. Well, Pat Hobbs is is a New Jersey college basketball fan. He hired Kevin Willard at Seton Hall, and Kevin Willard <laughs> made the NCAA's in year six. So Pat Hobbs is going to be very, very. I mean, this is his. Mm-hmm. Him and Chris Chris Ash are his signature hires. So um, he's going to be very, very patient. So unless there's a scandal, which it's mm-hmm. Rutgers, you never know. Uh, <laughs> He's gonna get his, his. He's gonna get his contract as as long as he's not going, you know, oh for the Big Ten three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's I, gonna I, he's gonna get five years easy. I yeah, I agree. You know, I I think it's pretty obvious. You know, there's some rebuilding to do it. So I I do think he'll he'll get the benefit of the doubt for for a long time. Um, but uh, but jumping on to that, you know, one one other big concern over the last couple of years have been the facilities. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of concern that Rutgers can't compete, you know, with with the top programs for fruits because they don't have the facilities to back it up. Um, mm-hmm. What do you what have you heard regarding that? Um, how is that process working out? And and do you think Rutgers will will sort of be back with the pack uh, here in the near future? Yeah, I I, uh, I think there's some optimism. They they're running a big fundraising program that. Uh, all Rutgers fans who are listening should should uh, donate to. I believe it's our build or our fund, you know, the Big Ten build. Um, and they're shooting to raise $100 million, and that covers all sports, football, basketball, and basketball's on the fast track. Uh, when Peichel was hired, the next night he, was, he did a radio interview, um, and the first thing he said was they will be breaking ground this summer on the basketball practice facility. Um, <laughs> And then a bunch of the reporters went to the administration, and Rutgers' administration refused to confirm that. But there seems to be some momentum and a sense of optimism that, yeah, this summer they'll they'll be ready to to start building. They're like they're ready to go. They have their plans. They just need the money. And um, Pat Hobbs is known as a a fundraiser. He helped build the uh, the arena in Newark that Seton Hall plays in and that the Devils play in. Um, so. It seems like right now they're going to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for Pykele to publicly say that, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so hopefully, you know, that's another, that's your next step in saying, you know, along with Carl Hobbs and whoever the next assistant is, that's your next step in saying, you know, we're serious about being a basketball team, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they start digging this summer, I think you're going to get a lot of local programs who have some Jersey pride uh, saying, well, maybe we should, you know, actually give Steve Peichel and Rutgers a look. Yeah, Whereas with yeah. Eddie Jordan, they weren't going to give him a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And it, it will be exciting to watch over here. But uh, but with that, Dave, that's that's all I have for you tonight. Um, but uh, before I let you go, any final thoughts here? Uh, here's your shot to, to just be pumped about Rutgers, I guess. <laughs> any final thoughts on the higher – um, and where the programs um, Well, I will say that had they kept Eddie Jordan, I was probably giving up my season tickets. I was at that point. Um, <laughs> wow. And now seeing the way that they're 
that Peichel has come in with energy and is building his staff and has already landed a Jersey kid and kind of like doing my research on him. Um, I'm all in right now. I'm ready. If they called me tomorrow, I would re-up my tickets. Um, so I, I think – I'm excited. I, I think there's a breath of fresh air. That doesn't mean it's going to work out. Um, we thought that, that uh, Fred Hill was going to work out. He didn't. We thought that Mike Rice was going to work out. He imploded. You know, So there's, there's always that Rutgers basketball kind of curse hanging out there, just waiting, you know, like the anvil over the, the Wile E. Coyote's head. Uh, that could happen. But those are my big thoughts. And um, if I may, if you're a basketball fan, I have to plug my book, An Empty Hell, which um, stars a high school basketball coach who's also a PI um, set in New Jersey. So if you, and there's some college hoop stuff in there, too. So if you love that, check out An Empty Hell, uh, which is available now. Sorry for the plug. Oh, no problem. We'll probably throw it in the, the description as well, actually. Um, for oh, the nice. There you go. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, why don't uh, just quickly for the for the readers, where where can they read your, uh, Rutgers content? I guess um, onthebanks.com is your SB Nation spot to go to. Um, I know you guys have a couple guys who cover you know Rutgers a little bit too, but onthebanks.com covers your football, um, our nationally ranked wrestling team, um, our uh, basketball team that we hope is turning around and and you know. <laughs> That's where you go. Onthebanks.com is where you get your Rutgers content, and you know, feel free to jump in in the comments with all the gifts you want. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, <laughs> Dave, again, thanks for joining us, and uh, exciting time to be a Scarlet Knights fan. Yeah, I agree, and I got to say, I'm looking forward to the the summer preview when you have another teams right around because now, unlike two years ago, I actually know about the Big Ten, so I'm ready to jump <laughs> in on a full conversation. Yeah, yeah, it should be a it should be a fun off season. But thanks again for joining us. All right, talk to you soon, Tom. Uh, again, for everyone, that was Dave White from On the Banks. Uh, really appreciate him coming on the podcast to to chat about Rutgers and and everything that's going on with the new hire. Uh, as, as I said, and I I really do mean it. You know, it's an exciting time for Rutgers. You know, anytime you hire a head coach, especially after you've been down uh, as long as they have, you know, it's a big step. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, for their perspective, you know, they're going to be on the right track and, and they're going to start, you know, sort on that roller coaster, uh, bit by bit, getting back here, uh, competitive in the big 10 and we'll see what they can do this year. But other than that, um, if you're, if you're interested in the big 10, obviously, uh, check us out on btpowerhouse.com. We have a lot of postseason content. Um, we're all the transfers that are happening uh it's been nuts <laughs> over the last last couple of days here i think we're up to like 10 or 11 transfers already uh just in the off season for the tent so it, it's crazy um we have all that info on the site uh i posted a, a way too early set of rankings for next year's 10 that's up there and and we have a lot of content right now dedicated to sort of the the senior class uh of the big 10 you know whether it's michigan state or indiana uh, a lot of great, great seniors leaving. So um, if you're interested in any of that, definitely check out BT Powerhouse. Uh, again, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the manager. You can check me out on Twitter at TBendit. Um, and we'll look forward to you guys joining us next time. Uh, not sure what our, our next topic is going to be on, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun. So thanks again for everyone for joining us, and, and we'll see you here on the, uh, the podcast next time.